0: Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. This is part two in my very special six-part mini-series with Visit California. It's called the California Innovation Tour and I went on a road trip with them in March. I went from San Francisco to LA, meeting some incredible people along the way. I wanted to showcase California in all of its glory and I interviewed some dreamers and pioneers and entrepreneurs and artists and really showing why California is such a great place to be, a great place to visit but also a great place to live and kind of make things happen. So I'm really excited to bring you this mini-series. Make sure you go back and listen to part one and also the other parts in the series and today's guest is with Dr Megan Jones-Bell. She is the Chief Science officer at headspace i was so thrilled to get to interview someone from headspace especially megan because she's full of data and research and interesting sciencey facts so i got to go to the headspace hq in santa monica and it was just as cool as you'd imagine looks quite mysterious from the outside but once you go in it is 100 percent headspace vibes megan's work is all about making mental health care more effective more affordable and more accessible while also changing the culture around mental health and wellness. So this conversation is all about what Headspace is doing, what Megan is trying to change within the company, and also bring some tools on how to make a better and happier workplace work for other companies, and also why she moved to California and all of the exciting stuff that Headspace has got coming up. For more information on things to do in Santa Monica, I really recommend going. If you are planning a sunny holiday, you can go to visitcalifornia.co.uk to plan a road trip. It has some really brilliant travel guides, loads of content on there. You can check out California Now, which is the tourism board's blog. And also they have a TV channel called Dream 365. So go and have a look online, follow the Visit California Instagram for more inspiration and thank you so, so much for listening to this mini-series. Hope you enjoy it and please be sure to leave a rating or a review on iTunes if you want to hear more of this kind of thing. So for anyone that doesn't know, and I'm guessing it's like two people in the world,
1: would you just mind uh, summing up what Headspace is and a bit about your role? Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. So Headspace is really the world's um, most popular meditation app. Um, And what we deliver today is audio guided meditation content that helps you learn how to um, practice the skill of meditation and really apply mindfulness to every other aspect of your life. We also are increasingly going beyond meditation. Um, The current form of that includes sleep related content so that we're helping people have a more kind of relaxing experience of going to bed.
0: It's amazing and just personally, I started using it about three years ago when did it when did it launch
1: well well the app we've had the app for a while I think the 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 more rapid growth has really been over the last probably four or five years
0: I mean I didn't know much about meditation and what I learned is and I don't know if this was just on one of them but I was on holiday and there was a beeping truck just kind of making a really loud noise I was sitting by the pool and I was like I'm trying to meditate and Andy was saying if there's noise use that noise to meditate. So I started not being annoyed anymore by this beeping van. And it was just
1: this wake up call of it doesn't need to be perfect. You just need to find the time. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. I think it's uh, often there's this um, kind of common misconception of you need these kind of the perfect circumstances or meditation is about kind of clearing your mind of any thoughts or stimulation. And that's just simply not possible. Um, Our mind thinks, um, we feel things, there's things around us in the world. And the beeping noise of the truck is actually a great opportunity. We like to reframe it as it's an opportunity to practice noticing that and then bringing your mind back. Mm. To um if you were focusing on your breath or let's say you were doing a visualization exercise, it's an opportunity to exercise that muscle of refocusing on uh, really what you had intended to focus on, mm-hmm. and it's that exercising of the muscle over and over and over again. If you were in a completely silent room, it might not be a beeping truck, it might be a thought that comes up, and it's yeah. still bringing your mind back so it's anything can be an opportunity to practice
0: so I want to talk to you in a bit more detail about kind of the the time we're in at the moment and why we're all so stressed and flapping around not knowing what to do with ourselves but um, I wanted to talk to you about the office and office culture and firstly why you're based in santa monica and in california is there something about california that just brings
1: this company to life and you know the it's a very positive place it yes. feels it, well i'm a california native so i'm a little bit biased um but i think it's it's a creative uh, la uh, santa monica it's a creative community um, the the uh, access to talent that we have here as a creative org is pretty important to us. And part of what I think is really special about Headspace is that we were really the first big um, entrant to this market. We were taking something that had um, not a lot of people knew about and if they did they maybe had an association with it that was um, uh, with like you have to sit down with your eyes closed for an hour with other people you have to go somewhere in person and do this um, and that It was not really, you know, sitting down with your legs crossed, um, not the same brand that we've created. And so I think Headspace has really created the market for mindfulness, you know, globally and the brand that we've built around it and this kind of playful, creative, inspiring, it's very approachable. Um, has been, I think, part of our secret of success in terms of enticing people to be a little bit curious yes. to learn more about what meditation and mindfulness is all about.
0: I always find things that get suddenly popular. I'm, I'm almost don't want to do it. Like I mm-hmm. just like reject these things. But with Headspace, it it would never felt like a cool club that you can't join. It was, it felt really for everyone.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a big part of um, our. What we really care about is authenticity. And so while we want a brand that is inspiring, engaging, accessible for people, pulls them in, we want them to feel welcome. Mm. And we want them to, to really trust us because it's a pretty vulnerable place that we go to with our members. We're going you know, with them into their mind. And so they need to feel safe. They need to be feel like they're really part of our community.
0: Mm. It's funny the attachment people seem to have with um the voice of Andy also this analysis at the moment of companies having to hold up the standards that they create and um what i love about what i've read about headspace is that you guys practice what you preach and inside the office you really care about mental health i just wondered what it's like working here we we all have problems don't we Mm -hmm. and it seems like it's a place where you can you know meditate and also tell people when you're not okay yeah
1: definitely that's certainly true and I was saying to somebody yesterday um, about what it's like working here that there are some days where I come in and I leave and I'm happier than when I had entered <sighs> And which is feels to me like a pretty lucky uh, work experience to have. And I, I hope that's one by, that's shared by a kind of broader team. I also hope it's something that we can really learn how to operationalize and bring to some of our partners, um, because there is certainly a need for that. I think for us, we are very committed to practicing what we preach. And I think that's part of being a, a you know, mission driven company and really having clear values that we reference over and over again. And so for us at Headspace, we talk constantly about our three val- core values as a business. We, we reference them, they kind of seep into everything that we're doing. And then I think it's really leading by example. So if, if our leadership isn't talking about kind of their own you know, personal things, if we're not leaving the office at a certain time, if we're sending too many emails on the weekend, then we're not really creating that environment that we're espousing mm. to for others. So I think it really has to come from the people who have the power to create that change in the, in the culture.
0: So true, because I find it really interesting, you know, what people say does make people happy, because I've worked in offices before where there were so many perks, it was like free trips and bonding time and like amazing food but actually those those weren't the things actually that made me happy it was it was whether people showed that they cared about you or remembered your birthday or um, just those like little kind of connections you have in the office but yeah. it wasn't like the
1: free stuff. No I think we, I, I just did an orientation for some of our new hires and they commented that how amazing they think it is that our CEO does a session with every new class of new hires which is every week um, wow. for us. And wow so, are growing fast. <laughs> yeah we are growing fast but I think it's you know for us it's really I, I think it's around feeling valued and feeling like you're heard and you know, if I have somebody who comes up to me who's not on my team and but clearly needs to talk it's about like making the time kind of dropping what you're doing looking in their eye having a real connection with them and making them feel like they're a valued part of the team for who they are not just what they're doing Mm. um or not what they're not just what they're delivering if that makes sense
0: do you think that's quite a new thing actually just bringing i think your whole self to work is the phrase but being a little bit more open because i think historically, in the workplace, you you were just like your professional self, weren't you? And you didn't really give on to what you were doing. But yeah. especially, you know, with like maternity leave, I think it's important for people to know a bit about your personal life.
1: I think where, where we're seeing this, um, this line between work life and home life is that line is starting to dissolve. And so if that's going away, if it's just life, then we need to be able to be our whole self at work, because that's, you know, increasingly work is f- coming home with us life is gonna come in I mean as a as a as a parent like I, I, there is, you know, if my, if something's happening with my son, like I'm out of here. Um, if something's going on with, you know, one of my parents, it's the same thing. And so, and it's really helpful to be able to talk about that and share it so that people understand and can kind of pick up your slack and, you know, know that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the grand balance of things, it's going to wash out. But I think it really helps to be able to be your whole self because you just feel more supported and you feel like you have that flexibility to, do that most important thing whether it's you know going and being at your you know kids school play or um you know staying at work late to finish an important deadline
0: yes for people listening who might be in the depths of like startup culture and they are doing their own thing and you know there's so many entrepreneurs listen to this podcast if you're going through a really busy time and obviously headspace is so inc- like growing incredibly well how how does it work to be so busy and growing so quickly and caring so much about the company and maintaining that mindfulness? Like it does seem, mm-hmm. they seem like two different things, but you guys seem to be doing it.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, so I can give you my like, scientific answer to because I think what we see in the research is that you know headspace specifically is associated with a measurable improvement in focus. We know that after four weeks of using headspace um, that there's a 14% increase in focus. So when you're really busy and you want to actually get that most important thing done, meditation is a t- like maybe investing those 10 minutes actually will have an ROI for you in terms of the quality of your work. Um, if you feel like you're actually doing those most important things every day, you're going to feel less stressed. Uh, We also know that three weeks of headspace is associated, again, with a 14% reduction in stress. That reduction is even amplified further after 30 days. Mm. And that's just 10 minutes a day. So if you think about the way that you're investing and you're looking at that ROI of of your investment You know, you really can see it start to pay off. Mm. Um, You can think about the culture. So for an entrepreneur, you're really setting the the tone of what you want your organization to grow into in terms of the culture. And so do you want to be building those, you know, safe interpersonal relationships for people? Do you want to have them feel like it's okay to be your real self at work? Um, In which case then compassion, managing aggression, managing stress really matters because Mm -hmm. you're developing, um, essentially you're bringing your best self to work even in spite of feeling like you're under intense pressure.
0: I love that because I think the word investment is so key because your company's not going to last if you just totally burn out and everything is frazzled because it seems as well that there's a similarity between what you're saying between carving out the time to do headspace and and do the meditation but also sleeping because if you're not sleeping then you're not going to be your best self the next day and you are Headspace is going into that sleep territory a bit more. Isn't yeah, it?
1: we are, because we see it's like it's a huge lever that you have to influence both your mental and physical health. So that's something that meditation and sleep have in common, is they both have a huge effect on our mental health, our physical health, um, and, of course, all of those rings around it, right? Our, our work life, our interpersonal relationships, etc. And so, you know, for people when you're when you're thinking of during those waking hours how am i actually showing up as my best self you can think about what are those routines those healthy routines that i want to be part of every day ideally um or most days because we don't need to strive for perfection but that are part of most days that are letting you walk through the door to work feel focused feel like you have the patience to listen to people that you're really um able to you know be in the weeds but still seeing that bigger picture i think one driver of stress is when people start to get really really um detail focused and they kind of lose this bigger sense of why are we doing this and Mm. um what really matters, Um, you know, particularly for a mission-driven company, that connection and reinforcement of the connection to the mission, that why are we doing this, can help you be resilient to those times of, of trial and stress. You can ask more of people and yourself when you realize like I'm doing this for something that I really care about yeah you know when I I used to be a practicing psychologist I'm still a psychologist but we I often thought about my role is I need to be kind of the mouse in the field like really in the details but I also have to be the hawk I have to have that really big picture of where are we trying to get this person to in terms of how do we really get them to their optimally healthy place and but I need to be wherever they are in the moment and so I often think like this is our job as a leader and this is also what we want to be able to train ourselves to do.
0: With um technology then talking more about the tech of the app because I find it so interesting that one of the founders used to be an actual monk and it was all very much not to do with technology. And if people listening were thinking but how do you truly become, you know, mindful when you're like on your phone or or it's even there next to you on I just wondered what you say to people when they ask you that.
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, it's an interesting irony. that has been something that's kind of followed me for my whole career. And first answer is it's about meeting people where they are and if we are trying to reach people at a moment where they're maybe opening their phone for distraction can we give them an alternative that is actually investing in their health and happiness and so um, that is where people are going like if you count the times that you're opening or looking at your Mm -hmm. phone over the course of the day what if we turned that into a a signal or a reminder to be more present in the moment rather than to be more distracted. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's taking technology, we can use it to kind of for good or... You know, for distraction or for negative purposes, Um, and so there is an opportunity. Like the technology itself can be a fairly blank slate. It's really about how we use it. It has it's it provides a capability to do something, and in our case, it provides the opportunity to help people um, be more aware, even of how their use of technology is impacting them. Mm -hmm. If they're using Headspace to become more mindful, they may realize and be better trained at um, noticing that behavior of opening up the phone and opening up an app that actually causes them to not feel very good. Mm -hmm. And so it's that skill of awareness that actually can help you maybe use your phone less. Simultaneously, we are investing in... And have you know partnerships and close you know, collaborations with Google and Alexa and other voice platforms to make sure that we're getting um, that we our members have access to our content without needing to engage with their phone specifically.
0: That's interesting because one of the stats I think was to do with Facebook users use my login with Facebook, and so it's all it's all connected. And I think you're so right because if there was a poster. You know in my local cafe that said do you want to come and meditate i wouldn't go but i'm doing it i'm doing it on my phone most days so yeah it's that accessibility yeah for everyone
1: and i think it's also it's a skill that you take with you you know while you might be using headspace for 10 minutes a day to kind of train that muscle that's your like intentional practice then all of those other minutes for the rest of the day you're taking it with you you're taking it into your life Mm. so Something that we care a lot about and try to you know kind of structure our content as more of a curriculum as something that's a guided supported experience that's really moving you um advancing your knowledge in meditation and mindfulness so that you can um be more empowered and able to to have that follow you when you can leave your phone behind. Yes,
0: I find it interesting though the concept of like achieving it 'cause I feel that human beings by nature want to feel good about themselves. They want to tick things off a list. They want to be competitive, and I try not to. I try. I try for it to be very neutral. Time. It's not like I've gone to the gym, or do you know what I mean? Like I. Mm-hmm. I, I try for it not to be like a self worth thing because then it's just another thing that I'm striving for.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense in terms yeah. of, I mean, one, it's kind of the the bigger goal of mindfulness is to have a non-striving state, yes. right? To be kind of yeah. sitting in the present moment, um, noticing kind of where you are in that present moment, moment without any attachment to being a certain way. So I think that's certainly something that comes over time for people with more and more practice. Um I, I like to think about it as this is time that I'm investing um, in myself and in something that I care about and I and I think people, often need to link it to some of the impacts that it has and it can be linking to values right like i value being a patient um mom i value being you know someone who takes the time to really like listen to other people when they're talking like i i value my ability to focus um so whatever you kind of define as important to you you're anchoring your practice and i'm doing it for you know For I might be sitting for myself one day. I might be sitting for my son another. I might be, um, you know, trying to improve my sleep because I know something. I I know it really makes me grouchy, and Mm. that's not what I want to wake up and and like spread around other people. So our motivations can change from day to day. um, But I think framing it as a, you know, an investment in yourself Mm -hmm. can be helpful. Yes. But it's certainly, there's not a right or wrong way to frame it. Mm,
0: That's super helpful. And uh, yeah, because we're all so many different things to different people, aren't we? So it's just like time to be by ourselves is so good. So lastly, I just wanted to ask you a bit about the cultural time we're in. And there was a study by the Northeastern University that said that Headspace increases compassion and reduces aggression by 57%. I thought that was incredible, especially because well, I live in a really busy city. Everyone's quite aggressive when they're getting on the London Underground in the morning. I think we could all use a little bit of, a um, bit more empathy maybe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think so. So we we did these two studies in partnership with Northeastern University and um, one study showed that after using Headspace for three weeks, they had a 23% um, increase in compassionate behavior. It wasn't just people saying that they felt more compassionate. This was actually measured in their behavior. Of helping someone who was in need, um, and then the second study, which was again using headspace for three weeks, or they were randomized to another um, program, and that showed a reduction in aggressive behavior, um, so being less reactive to um, to negative feedback in that case right. um, by fifty seven percent and so I think the the compassion aggression. That's when when we're stressed, we're more likely to be more aggressive in our behavior. More, we're less likely to be compassionate. Um, and as the world, you know, feels more under pressure, as we have those kind of geopolitical stressors that are seem to be ever increasing, um, this matters more than ever. Um, and I think that finding healthy routines that benefit us as individuals and also benefit us as a society is incredibly important. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean you only need to go on Twitter for 5 minutes to see like all the aggression just kind of bubbling away and and it's very easy I think now with technology to read something wrong or to think that someone's annoyed with you or get something said to you and you're and it's it's very important i think to to learn a bit more compassion
1: Absolutely. And uh, I think part of empathy or compassion is, you know, this seeking to understand. So rather than, you know, jumping to a conclusion, coming to a stance of it's, you know, us versus them, or it's black or white, wrong or right, to approach it like we would at Headspace with a curious mind of, I, I, you know, I wonder why someone would come to that conclusion or would do something like that. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, when someone cuts me off in traffic, I think, I wonder why they're in such a hurry Mm -hmm. and it's not that that being in a hurry is a bad thing it's like something might be going on for them that is making them feel really scared or pressured or it could be that they're just have had a stressful day and they want to get home Mm -hmm. it could be that you know something's actually going on and I would want to get out of their way to Mm -hmm. let them go there so you can kind of frame things in a lot of different ways
0: yeah I think that a lot it takes practice but when someone does something and you think okay maybe they're ill maybe they're on the way to like the hospital maybe they're rushing because of this maybe something really bad's gone on maybe they've had a bad day it's like just reframing that does change everything
1: it does I mean and you also think have I ever done that before and what were the circumstances and I've done it definitely just when I've been like in a bad mood and wanted to get somewhere Um, but I've also done it when it's really been you know for a legitimate reason and so I think that um, just remembering like giving people the benefit of the doubt Totally. And not to get too political, but have
0: you seen any correlation between any moments in the news or anything to do with, you know, certain elections that have gone on? You, is there anything that you've noticed that's interesting around people using the app?
1: We have seen, um, in fact, a spike in usage in terms of downloads of the app um, around the U.S. presidential election, this last U.S. presidential election, and um, associated with Brexit. We saw um, an increase in um, people using the app, and also um, in in our um, British state of mind research, we saw that people reporting that as a significant stressor in the U.K., mm.
0: And it impacts everything, doesn't it, kind of work. So it kind of loops back around to my first question, I suppose, that we need to be nicer to each other at work, because we're all reading the news, we're probably all freaking out to a certain extent. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. I wondered, just, I know I said lastly before,
1: this is my last question.
0: Any new developments with the app that we can look forward to this year, next year?
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, as as I mentioned, we are um, continuing to expand our content in sleep. So that's something to, you know, continue to look to us for. Um, we also are... Um, other news in in Headspace, we're uh, we're growing our B two B business, so we're trying to really integrate Headspace into the workplace, mm-hmm. as we're talking A about. Lot of to, people
0: need your help. I yeah, mean, <laughs> the statistics in London, especially, is like eighty five percent of people hate their jobs. Like it's it's urgent, people. I
1: know. And, you know, a a big driver of satisfaction at work is your relationship with your manager. So when we're thinking about compassion and aggression and stress and how that impacts relationships, that's part of our, you know, this need is if we can help bring headspace into the workplace and actually help people be better to each other, um, that could increase you know, retention of employees. There's a lot that we're actually doing a lot of research to try to measure that impact. But new developments definitely are around growing that B2B business that we've set up. And we are launching a new venture in healthcare. So we're trying to integrate Headspace into healthcare, um, both using our existing consumer app, um, as well as we've started a subsidiary company called Headspace Health, which is developing um, essentially prescription strength versions of Headspace for specific medical conditions. Wow.
0: Mental or Um, physical as well?
1: Both. Wow.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. I did not expect such a big answer to that one. Thank you so much. And um, anyone listening, if you haven't already, go and download Headspace. And thanks for having me in your amazing office.
1: Thank you for coming.
0: Thank you.